What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. Another action-packed night of baseball last night, and I'll just jump right into it. So, I don't know if I've mentioned, but some of you might be aware that Nick Markakis opted back into the season. So, he initially opted out due to coronavirus concerns, but he opted back in. It was like a week ago or so, a week or two ago, saying that he was sitting at home and he just said it didn't feel right to be watching his teammates play without him. And um, and then, you know, he, he said he actually was just lifting and doing cardio, but he didn't actually pick up a bat again for a few weeks. So he announced his opt-out on July 6th, but then he didn't pick up a bat again until July 29, which was when MLB approved his application for reinstatement. So he only had like a week to kind of crank things up again because he didn't see any live pitching from the time spring training shut down in March until he got to the team's alternate site over the past week. Think about that. Well, that's that's literally like a solid five months, five months since the time he saw live pitching, almost, almost five months. And well, last night he goes and hits a walk-off home run in his first start of the year. So, I mean, obviously that's that's kind of what you get with a veteran like Marcakis, a 36-year-old veteran who's seen a lot of pitching in his career, obviously. But he's just one of those guys who you can pull off the couch and is going to be able to hit, apparently. But, so yeah, he was making his first start of the year last night. And then... You, I mean, over three through the first eight innings, not a big deal. But then he hit a first pitch curveball in the bottom in the bottom of the ninth inning into the right field seats, and sends the Braves home with a four to three win over the Blue Jays in Atlanta yesterday. Walk off home run. I mean, that's pretty special. First game of the year. So that home run caps a seven and two homestand for the Atlanta Braves, and you know this is a Braves team that. That just lost Mike Soroka. So obviously they're going to need all the help they can get um, on the pitching side of things. Uh, their lineup's going to be fine. Last night, Tuki Toussaint pitched six and two-thirds with three runs, nine punch-outs. He pitched pretty well last night. And then Freddie Freeman pitched in also with a two-run home run. So they get that big win over, over the Blue Jays. And they're going to try to keep rolling with... Their veteran outfielder back now, Nick Markakis. And he's he's going to be their guy for sure. You can pencil him, pencil him into the lineup every single day. So the Miami Marlins are now 6-1. They've improved 6-1 on the season. They've continued to push forward no matter what's in front of them. I mean, they had that eight-day break when their season was paused due to a COVID-19 outbreak. They have a completely revamped roster because they just need players on the field, yet they just completed a four-game sweep of the Orioles, which they completed last night at Camden Yards. Jesus Aguilar lifted a go-ahead sack fly, and Brian Anderson delivered an RBI triple in a two-run seventh inning, which lifted Miami to an 8-7 win over Baltimore in the series finale. So for all the adversity that the Marlins have endured, I mean, they've, they've had a constant and steady presence of their manager, Don Mattingly, and... Yesterday, they handed Madley his 282nd career win. Uh, well, actually, not his 282nd career win. 282nd win as Marlins manager. That's the most 
of any manager in Marlins franchise history. So now he's the winningest manager in the franchise. I mean, they he joined the Marlins in 2016, you know, uh, coming over from, you know, like the Dodgers and such. And he went through the ownership change in 2017. But the past two seasons, they've been building for the future, obviously. So even though his overall Marlins record is 282 and 371, he's the one overseeing a huge cultural change. I mean, obviously, with seven games on their on their record so far, it's too early to, to punch their playoff ticket. But we can only imagine, right? I mean, you only need, like, roughly 30 wins to make it to the postseason this year. Obviously, they were just playing four games against the Orioles, which are as, you know, as fair of competition that they're going to face in order to get four wins. Like, when I say fair of competition, I mean, like, teams that are, like, similar to their level. I mean, if, if they just had a four-game series, four-game sweep against, like, like the Yankees or something, then we then everyone would be freaking out. But... I mean, they lost 105 games last year and finished last in the NL East each of the past two seasons. But they're starting to see the emergence of their young players and prospects. For example, Monte Harrison, the number 10 overall prospect in the Marlins system, he collected his first big league hit yesterday and his first stolen base as well. Right-hander Jorge Guzman, number 24 overall prospect in the Marlins system, he made his MLB debut. He allowed two solo home runs over one inning. So he's he's getting settled in but you know you're starting to see some of it Jonathan VR you know he, he's a veteran he's a guy who with one of the few veterans they have on the team he got things going with a leadoff homer yesterday but you know it, it was enough momentum for for the Marlins to get the eight to seven win so six and one right now is where Miami st- stands and they are at the top of the NL East standings they are still in first place in the NL East thanks to that win percentage. The Diamondbacks win their first series of the year thanks to a walk-off by Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun, uh, you know, sends them home happy. A game-winning double. And that's going to be the first series when they defeat the Astros yesterday, 5-4 uh, to four at Chase Field in Arizona. He hits a double into the right field corner. Jogs into second base and, you know, the winning run scores. Not much else to say about that one. Not much else to say about that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Cole Calhoun actually hit an inside the park home run on Wednesday night. And that helped catalyze a nine-run rally. And then on Thursday, his two-run double down the right field line gave them a walk-off win. So he for the second night in a row, it was Cole Calhoun who helped to spark the D-backs win. And speaking of inside the park home runs, Christian Yelich hit one last night, a pretty bizarre one uh, in Chicago against the White Sox. He hits a fly ball down the left field line, which Eloy Jimenez can't reach. And then Eloy Jimenez falls into the stands while trying to recover from that, while trying to recover from um, missing the fly ball. And then he falls into the stands. And all the me- although, meanwhile, Yelich is rounding the bases and he makes his way around for an inside the park home run. One of the strangest um, inside park home runs I've seen in a while. And um, Shohei Otani returned from injury in a big way. I mean, not on the mound, but DHing. He had a bomb, opposite field bomb in Seattle, his first at bat back in the lineup. Um, I mean, 
with that home run and then a two home home run two run home from Max Stacy, Dylan Bundy would you know throw ten, sorry, he would throw a complete game with ten strikeouts, complete game with ten strikeouts with one run against the Mariners, and the Angels get a six to one win over Seattle in the series finale. And by the way, just for um, uh, just for the record, the the Brewers actually did win that game eight to three over the White Sox in Chicago, the one where um, Yelich hit that inside the park home run. So that's that's gonna do it for today. Those are the the main hits I want to talk about, the big hits, big highlights from yesterday. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.